Hey everyone, this is Seated with Strangers, where we explore the topics of unsubscribing from pop culture and social norms. Today, this is the after party from episode two of Are We Unsubscribing from the American Dream? We have some strangers that came together during a viewing party of this episode, and you get to listen into their perspective. Check it out. Would you, or do you consider, uh, or have you considered leaving out of America? Because we are talking about the American dream. Are we unsubscribing from it? Is that something that has crossed your mind? And if it has, like, why? And anybody can go first. So I'll set it off. Go ahead, Kwase. So, um... I have contemplated leaving the country, not to say that going somewhere else will be better. I've, you know, thought about Africa because my grandfather had already, he's made the exodus there. He lives in South Africa. He's 93 years old, but very lucid, knows everything that's going on and initiated this whole move. And he's living his best life out there. Like the cost of living is extremely cheaper way cheaper than what it is here. And like, he lives a very good life. He has a living made. He pays her it's an equivalent to 100 US dollars a month. And so it's like, you know, there are other places aside from here where we're struggling to move day to day, we can't afford gas. And then you look at people like my grandfather that are like sitting in their yard, drinking tea, paying like $100 a month for a live in housekeeper. So yeah, thank you. So um, I came in a little bit late, you know, I was um, getting my nails done and it took a little longer. Haven't thought about going to living in another country, but I have thought about dual citizenship. So my family is from Barbados. I am entitled to, to become a citizen of Barbados because my parents are from Barbados. But I was thinking, I don't know if I would want to live there, knowing, I guess, the climate of the country. And then also, I think that it's not cheaper to live in Barbados. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have that luxury with that. But I have thought about just being able to stay there for longer periods of time because it is my people, you know? I would feel more comfortable there. But I also know the advantages that I do have in America. So I don't know, that's my kind of perspective. Also, I thought about dual citizenship, but then I I learned that if you do become a dual citizen somewhere and there is a need to evacuate, um, that you can't. So, or you won't be on the first list. Uh, So like, for instance, you know, if there's a bad hurricane and they're evacuating American citizens, you wouldn't be on that list. You'll be, I guess, second tier. I don't know what that would be, but that type of thing. So that kind of made me... (laughs) I see somebody's comment. Yeah, like I was like, wait a minute. When I read that part, I was like, huh, okay. But I think the the point is that if you are a dual citizen, then they consider you a citizen of Barbados. So they're like, we're going to take care of the United States citizens first. And then, you know, if there's more room, then we'll go there. So that's kind of the thought process behind where I'm at with it. Anybody else want to add to that thought before I ask my secondary question to that? Yeah, I can go. So for me, it's different, right? Because I'm not American. So my purview is completely different than everyone else here because I'm like, I'm not even a citizen of this country. (laughs) And so for me, I have lived somewhere else. So for those of you who don't know, I'm a Canadian citizen. I was born in Toronto, but I am Haitian and I am Congolese. So, and I have lived in Canada. I have lived 
you know, I was raised in the U.S., but I have also lived in Haiti, and I loved it. <laughs> um, it was a wonderful time back in the day when I was down there. Very peaceful, much slower, of course, in the U.S., but uh, very peaceful, <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And so for me, having, you know, I still live, even though, like, we're all Americans, my family who is here, they're all, the majority of them are dual citizens. Most of them are dual citizens of the U.S. and Canada, but our household, even though we live in the United States, our household is very like, it's almost like we live, we're still on island or we're still in, you know, we're still in Montreal. And so for me, I've never imagined like, oh, I was raised in the U.S., I'll die in the U.S. That's not, that's not it for me because the majority of us just don't do that. Like our family, is all over the place, <laughs> um, Canada, Brazil, Switzerland. And so for us, like the mentality we were raised in, you know, even if you go to like Swiss or London for school and then you come back, you don't necessarily just like stay here forever. I mean, like you, we come here, we work hard, <laughs> you know, like the true immigrant immigrant life. You, you come to America, you go to school, you work hard, you get your degrees, you make your money. And then if you choose to settle here, cool. Or if you choose to go back home, you know, even better. Like I have a lot of family members, like as they got older, they went back home. You know, so for me, that's why, like, when the conversation first started, I was like, oh, the American dream. I never considered that because for me, I was like, well, by default, I don't think it applies to me or any of us in general, you know, because the American dream, it's like buying land and voting and all that stuff. And like, as an immigrant, you don't vote, you know, getting property is more difficult than if you're an American and like, there's just different hoops that you have to jump through. So for me, my perspective of it is like, ah, I mean, staying here is cool, but I'll probably end up leaving. <laughs> I'll probably end up like, somewhere else um at some point okay so let's switch a little bit the first question was the american dream like do we believe it's real are we because the question is really are we unsubscribing from the american dream so i do want to hear y'all's perspective of that because i will say this this brown girl i had a vision of the american dream and when i was thinking about this conversation and these questions what it looked like to green 18 year old Siobhan is not what it looks like for today and I just remember my ideal of it then was literally a white picket fence I would go to like my job and make really good money and have two kids a dog and be like this <laughs> responsible citizen. And just when I look at it today, it has evolved so much and it doesn't even equate, it doesn't equate a job that has evolved. Like I don't want to work for anybody. I also want to have more than one property. Like my thought process was just so linear back then. So I do want to ask you all, do you believe that the um, American dream is real? And if it's not, then what does that look like? now has it changed okay go ahead brandy because i see you got your hand up <laughs> um first i apologize y'all for me sounding rusty and dusty my voice is getting over some stuff however i love this this concept of just this just um discussing the american dream i feel like from all the pbs documentaries that i've seen since 
probably since I've become an adult, that my imagery, the imagery surrounding the American dream has definitely changed to where I feel that it's less of the 20, 20th slash 21st century uh, imagery of some sort of mortgage company telling me that it's me being able to afford the car that I want, or at least have at least sign the lease for it to be in my in my driveway. Um, the house that I want in the neighborhood that I want having, you know, my kids go to whatever school that I, I want them to go to. I feel that the more history I read about the country, I see it less of that and more about just opportunity, opportunity to do and be whatever it is that you hope to be, whether or not the conditions favor that. It's a whole nother story because, you know, everybody has a different situation. But then I think that's also where faith comes in. So, you know, we can we can talk about certain things not being in place for everyone, you know, um, certain opportunities not being fully realized for everyone, but still having that ounce of mustard seed faith to pursue whatever it is, you know, that you that you feel that your family should achieve or experience. I think about the various immigrant communities that have come here and, you know, just watching like Dr. Gates and some of the lighter PBS stuff and, and some of the other documentaries that dig a little bit deeper. I just think of that's the one thing, regardless of what era they came in or regardless of what um, uh, the, the circumstances were like, you know, that caused them to come. Um, everyone had this ounce of like mustard seed faith or hope that wherever they were coming from was going to be a little bit better or that whatever the situation was that they found themselves in, that, that something would turn around for them. Uh, and so that's what I focus on more so as my imagery for the American dream, especially as I'm scrolling through social media and everybody want to tell me that I need to have X, Y, and Z in order to achieve the American dream. I have to look like this influencer or have this kind of money. No. But I feel like at the core of it, it's opportunity, uh, regardless of whether or not the systems are in place to allow me to fully realize that I feel that at the core, that um, the concept of opportunity is, is what fuels the imagery for the American dream. Thank you for that, because I was struggling with trying to figure out what to say, because I was thinking about it and I was going to ask, like, what is the American dream? Because I, I was thinking back, I was like, did I ever really have an image of something that I call the American dream? Right. Like I, I'm like struggling to like think of that. Um, I did know that I wanted to be successful. I did know that I want to have a family. I did know that, you know wherever God takes me, um, I knew it, I wanted, I wanted that, but uh, it was never me saying that that was the American dream. So I, it was confusing. And then also thinking about my family, my parents came here. Barbados is not a third world country. Like Barbados is a, is a very good, um, you know, has a great economy, all that kind of stuff. But they did see that there was opportunity here in America that they did not um see in Barbados so I I think it really is about opportunity and I think you gave that the words to what I was thinking so thank you I think it was Brandy for that um yeah I think it's more about the opportunity whatever that would look like and maybe people do have a specific dream of what it would be but the key word is opportunity opportunity for something that 
you imagine that you couldn't do elsewhere? What I wanted to address, since we do what's going on on the internet streets on every episode, I want to do it in real time. The conversation of Kim K talking about, um, we just need to work hard. And I want to get your, if you don't know, I'll give you a gist. I'm not giving you the whole it's the roundabout, but she was being interviewed and she was like, you just need to get up. You need to work hard. And if you're not doing that, like, what are you doing? So I wanted to ask you all, do you think that, because if we're talking about, uh, if we're looking at, we're seated with strangers, we're all from different perspectives. We don't know each other's background beyond what we have shared. Do you think that that was tone deaf coming from her in reference to saying just work hard and do you think that's why so many people have taken offense to it but I was gonna say um about the Kim K um interview that she was doing for Variety I have mixed emotions about that number one I I like some of her brands and things that she's doing like in the business world but I did absolutely feel like that was so tone deaf because Obviously, I mean, many people know her background. She had a very affluent um, dad who was a lawyer. Her mom um, married, you know, an Olympic star and athlete. And so she absolutely came from a different position than many of us start from, um, especially, you know, as it pertains to starting a business or, um, you know, being an entrepreneur of any type. So I do think that it was tone deaf, but I, it, I had mixed emotions because I was like, I really do, you know, like some of her brands and some of the things that she's doing. But I, and I also felt like, you know, if you're going to give business advice, especially someone of your background and of your caliber, give something that's more practical, right? Give, give some type of business advice that, you know, we can actually give a resource, you know, give a tool that we can use. The other part of that, that I really kind of, I don't want to say offended, but I guess taken aback by was that a big piece of my American dream now, and that definitely has evolved over the years, you know, at 21, I had a different perception of what I wanted versus what I want now, like many of us have said. But a lot of what I want now involves ease, involves flow, involves, you know, not feeling like I'm hustling or feeling like I am, you know, killing myself trying to accomplish some vague dream or American dream. I think that because we have access to so many different versions of what that could look like now, because we do have the internet, I think that that has changed for many people. And for me, you know, get up and work is not necessarily you know, my dream, my dream is to have freedom and to have leisure and to have ease. And I think that success looks different for everybody. And to me, that's success. And so, you know, I, like I said, I, I had a lot of mixed emotions. I like Kim. I like Skims. I'm a Skims fan. I ain't gonna lie. But um, when she said that, I was like, girl, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, you know, guess you're not talking to me. So that's how I feel about that. Anybody else have anything they wanted to add to that? <laughs> Go ahead, Kylie. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, her comments would be no different than someone who had privilege to say that all you need to do is just get out there and work hard. And I think Stephanie had put it in the chat. We've been working hard since we got here. <laughs> and what has that gotten us? It hasn't gotten us anywhere. And so like Jasmine said, that's not 
practical advice. That's not something that I can take and actually build upon. So if you're really trying to help me, you would provide me with, you know, some tools to be able to do so. And I think one of the, you know, things that I think about when it comes to, you know, the American dream is that there are some beautiful people that come here and they get the American dream. And of course, yes, we thought growing up, it was, you know, having a family house or whatever the case may be. But now we're starting to realize like that doesn't bring you much of anything, right? Um, because it comes with a lot of debt. It comes with a lot of stress. It comes with a lot of aggravation. But there are, you know, people who can come here, they can start businesses, they can, you know, build up a bunch of wealth. And it leaves, you know, some of us sitting here like, okay, now, what am I supposed to do now, <laughs> right? And, and I think a lot of that has to do with me being an African-American woman. And sometimes I feel like I don't have any identity when it comes to culture. So I think it was, I don't remember who it was, but saying they were from Haiti. And then somebody said their you know, family was from Barbados. But for somebody who was born in America, family born in America, what identity, what culture do we really have that gives us some sense of identity that gives us some sense of, okay, this is my dream. And, you know, my family, you know, taught me this, or we have this, you know, culture, you know, to, um, to use or to go off of, you know what I'm saying? To, to push me to have something for myself. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I just feel like, you know, without that sense of identity, you know, and, and we can go to Africa all we want, but in some places they don't, they're not going to accept us there either. Um, there's oppression everywhere. Some, you know, sometimes they may look down on us like, okay, you know, these Americans, they don't really know anything or, you know, so I don't think that that is solving the issue with, you know, kind of running away. I just think that we have to establish, you know, some type of identity, some type of culture that can help us to establish that dream. And I'm not going to call it an American dream. I'm just going to call it, establish that dream of opportunity, that dream of purpose. This is where I feel like we do have privilege and everybody might not agree and it's okay. Uh, I welcome your feedback. But I, I think this is where we do have privilege because Siobhan, who would have never thought that, number one, I would be doing this, and being interested in film and writing books, like that's not something that I tangibly saw in my bloodline. So I get to change the narrative for the people that are in my bloodline, in my life, in my community. So I think that's where our privilege comes because we get to shape the narrative. And I do think that also that is reasonably the benefit of social media because, you know, social media can be it can be a bit much, but that's where we get to be tangible evidence to people that look like us and don't look like us because we get to say, listen, we're talented, we're gifted, this is who we are and why we are here. And I think that's just where it comes to also us not making assumptions about each other and having like these type of conversations um, because it gives us all perspective. So that was my two cents before anybody else had something to add. 
I was just going to add something really quick. Two things. One, it is tone deaf and uneducated. Um, I think both things are true. Yes, being successful does take hard work. But when we have a system, racism of different laws, of different things that make the, the, the playing field unequal, working hard looks different for everyone, right? And I think that um, her saying that shows her in education. And it's, it's so interesting. I literally just watched this video where it was um, a, a couple, a white couple, um, asking questions of a, um, a African-American scholar. And I think she was, the scholar was actually in the 1619 project about um, critical race theory. And I think it was a docu like a short documentary to um, kind of dispel all the crazy myths about CRT. But it was, the reason why I bring it up is because it, it's interesting what ignorance does. And when you don't understand something, you automatically go back to what you know to be true. Um, and also that individualistic type of thought process that seems to be the mainstay of the Western world. Like you, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. This is what you have to do. You're, you're the only one in charge of your destiny when it actually isn't just you. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all in these internet streets. See y'all later. Bye. 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 Bye.